Welcome to Breaking the Cycle of Poverty featuring Jay Height, Executive Director of Shepherd Community Center in Indianapolis. My name is Tim Swearens, and I'm your host for these conversations that explore why poverty remains such a persistent problem in the United States. On this episode, we're discussing how economic factors such as inflation and rising housing costs have affected Shepherd's neighbors this year. Jay, the, the Federal Reserve Board reported in May that Americans' financial well-being has declined in the past year. What are you hearing from neighbors about the financial pressures they're now facing? It continues to intensify. We had that initial horrific uh, bump in inflation that just ravaged our families. But you took a situation where they had very little variance available in their income. It was so small, and yet all of a sudden, uh, you know, eggs were 20 bucks. I I know it wasn't 20. But for them, I I remember uh, my wife and I were delivering food to a family, and we had eggs and bacon. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I could never afford that. And I have to tell you, Tim, I didn't think ever in my life that I would think eggs and bacon were beyond that. You know, I could understand if you said steak or something like that. But these staple items, uh, the the different fluctuations have been very hard. If you think of it that the the inflation fights against our families being able to eat healthy, that the prices that are most manageable and what you have to do is you go to the center of the grocery store, right? Mm -hmm. The exterior of the grocery store where you shop is where the healthy stuff is, and that's some of the stuff that's seen the greatest inflation. I think the other thing that we're hearing quite a bit about is rentflation. Yes. And it is at least once a week that I hear, and, and I'm not on the front line of connecting with neighbors in this way, but a neighbor who says, my my rent went up $200. And, and, and the important thing to understand is the percentage of their income that goes. And we have many, now over 50% of their income is going to their housing. Well, something's got to give. And that's where somebody else say, well, are you really helping folks by giving away food? And, and we, we try to support our families through our food pantry and our drive-through clinics and things. And I would say, yes, we're helping them be able to keep their jobs. We're able to keep them in place. Uh, Because the other reality is for years in America, we have underbuilt housing. And so if someone loses their place, I don't know where they're going to go because we have so few options. And so we really have this opportunity for some who unfortunately are unscrupulous who will say, if I can rent it for $300, I'll just raise the rent and Uh, we're going to see another surge of homelessness from the working poor who are trying to make ends meet, and and they're being pressured on every side. We've seen a lot of gentrification on the the near east side. How is that affecting neighbors? Well, gentrification in and of itself doesn't have to be a negative because it brings an economic diversity that helps support businesses coming to a a neighborhood that has maybe in other times been ignored. When it causes displacement, then that's a problem. And, and I think what you're speaking of is when we have limited housing, mm-hmm. uh, that, that really becomes yet another pressure. We have a lot of out-of-town, late-night TV investors. You know, they're going to make all this money in real estate. Um, and we're just we're struggling because they buy these homes and they think they're going to make all this money and it doesn't fit into. Uh, I went and saw a home 
I got a call like at 830 in the morning from a realtor friend. He said, listen, this is a block over from you. It's it's listed at, uh, and I think, let's say 120. And he said, and I said, he said, I think we can get it for 80 to 90. And I said, okay. It was really nice. Four bedroom, one and a half bath. Four bedrooms are not real common. And it was a big house. So a family with kids, it would be perfect for. And I said, how much we're going to have to renovate? And he said, probably 50. That house sold that afternoon for 150. I think it was somewhere around that. So I know that they're going to have to put a huge chunk in. Yes. If I drive by that house today, it's probably still setting a year later, setting empty because they were speculating. Yes. So now, at a time when housing is so desperate, they're speculating, which they'll never get their money out of that. Um, and uh, you know, we we want to continue to allow our neighborhood to be a place where people may have to live, but people want to, to live. live. Yes. Yes. Um, Redfin reported uh, that in March, uh, in an app, median rent in Indianapolis shot up 10.5%. Very talked about, you know, the increase in rent. Um, but that upward pressure has to have, like, real-world impact on how families are meeting their needs. What, what are you seeing from hearing from neighbors about the adjustments they've had to make? They don't refill their medicine. Uh, missed meals become a reality. And we're doing all we can, but the numbers keep going up for those coming to us for help with food. Um, we we see people having to make a choice. Do my kids eat or do I have insurance for my car? Mm. And so they risk it because the kids need to eat, and so they can't pay that, the insurance on the car. and. And so those types of uh, pressures, uh, for you and I, Tim, will we'll always, uh, it's hard. It's, it affects all of us, sure. right? When we go to the grocery, it's like, whoa. And so maybe I buy generic, but for my neighbors, they don't buy it at all. That they say, okay, well, if I get the 10 cent um, Raymond noodles instead of the 12 cents, I can get an extra one. It's those kinds of decisions, but they'll say, you know what? Maybe I'll drink half the gallon of milk and then I'll water it down so it could go further. Yeah. These are realities that we've heard. That's why we responded by adding a laundromat here mm-hmm. so that our neighbors would have access to be able to do their laundry at no cost, and we provide the the um, laundry detergent. When you, It's been a long time, and my wife and I were delivering, and our neighbor lady that we were delivering to said, I, you know, we said, we got laundry detergent. She said, I need liquid. And I said, why? And she said, because I have to do it in the sink. And I said, why do you have to do it in the sink? And she said, do you know how much it costs at the laundromat? And I didn't. $6 to mm-hmm. do a load of wash, $2 to dry, and generally you have to do two times through. So 10 bucks to do one load. And this mother and, hu- and wife had a husband working construction mm-hmm. and a little guy in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Well, we know both of them are going to get dirty. And uh, so she had a lot of laundry and couldn't afford to do it. So we want to try to provide those supports and, and not just giving continued handouts, but really uh, enabling them to continue moving forward. And we tell them, keep your job, keep working, don't, don't stop. Um, welfare can sometimes be that hydraulic that sucks you in and never allows you to get out. And so 
we want to support them to keep moving forward. I, I can hear what some of our listeners are saying about now. Jay, Jay, look at the job market. Lots of jobs. Wages are going up. Why are pe- people still struggling with all the jobs that are out there? Uh, lots of different reasons. Uh, I can list off a few of them. One is child care. Yes. That, um, that's always a challenge. Number two, uh, transportation. We don't have mass transit in Indianapolis. We have a bus company that's doing okay, and they're trying Indigo, uh, and they're wanting to do some more things. But really, if you live, if you want to go to the grocery store uh, uh, 10 blocks north of us, the Kroger at Linwood, it takes you an hour and a half to get there because you got to go downtown, yeah, yes. switch up, go up to 10th Street, switch up, come out. And then if you bring more than three bags, you got to buy two tickets. And by the time I get home, my ice cream's melted. Uh, so same thing if I got to go to work, how do I get there? Um, a lot of the jobs are not on the bus routes. Uh, somebody will say, well, I'll, I was driving down this road and I saw all these help wanted signs. We also have this mathematical challenge. So if I take a job making 16 bucks an hour, and I get these benefits and health insurance for my kids mm-hmm. through Medicaid. But if I make 16 bucks an hour, I, I don't lose a portion of that. This term, which we could talk about at another time, welfare cliff, it, it, we hurtle off. We, we don't just ease. It totally drops. You lose all your benefits, and folks are left to make a decision. Do I want to work? Yes, I do. But if I work, I put, I put my kids at risk. Uh, sometimes you're being a good mom and dad to not work. Yeah, this phrase "the working poor" comes into play, and we're seeing the working the 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 the, the number of working poor increase. Yes, and the pressures on them are so much more intense. Uh, just all of the rate hikes of everything, from the rent, utilities continue to go up. Um, we're seeing it obviously with food. Um, it's to try and buy a car. Yes. Holy smokes, you're paying more now for a used car than we used to pay for new. And uh, I have some friends who are car dealers, one of them, good friend, Pat O'Brien, and he's trying to keep keep cars available at a lower rate. Um, but now, guess what? As the Fed plays all their games, what's that do to interest rates? Yes. And so now for me to get a car, it, the, the interest rate is, is uh, so high. And so, again, it's another pressure on them. Yeah. So Shepard isn't immune uh, to the economic pressures that our nation is facing. How have inflation and other economic challenges affected the ministry this year? Well, we buy food, too. Yes. We, we feed, you know, 22, 2,300 meals a week. So our kitchen uh, is, is going to be that um, for us to... Um, you know, we, we have security and to what used to be a 20 to $25 an hour job, most security, if you're an off duty police officer, you're making 50 or 60 bucks an hour. And we're committed to having a safe environment and having that. So those types of pressures are there. Insurance is going up. Health insurance is going up. We provide health insurance. We think that's the right thing to do for our families. You know, we pay a living wage. 
you probably won't find that in too many places where we're providing child care or summer day camp or those types of things where we pay a living wage to those that we employ. Um, and we, we try not to have someone work for us and qualify for food stamps. We felt like if we're breaking the cycle of poverty, uh, it needs to start with our employees. And so we feel those pressures as well as we want uh, our families, uh, and so many of them now are from the neighborhood and that we've been able to bring them in and employ them and get them more additional training and degrees. Yeah. How can our listeners help? Well, I don't normally say this, but, you know, in the summer months, giving slows down. And so financial support during these days is important. I'll also put this plug, we need fans. I was talking to someone from the city today about disaster response for the city, and and it's going to be a long, hot summer. summer yes. And uh, we want to respond so people could donate fans or donate the money for fans. Uh, those are all things, and, and people could come volunteer. Um, we couldn't do what we do without the help of volunteers. Thank you, Jay. For 37 years, Shepherd Community has made a lasting difference in the lives of thousands and thousands of neighbors, and the Shepherd team couldn't do that work without the support of donors, partners, and volunteers. To learn more about how you can help, please visit shepherdcommunity.org. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thank you.